church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. I'm Dennis Hall, and I'm so delighted to have as my guest again, my good friend, George Worley, the pastor at the New Creation Restoration Church and Prison Ministry in Indianapolis. Merry Christmas, George, and welcome again to the podcast. Thank you very much, and I am excited as usual and glad to be here. You know, George, I thought it's uh, it's the Christmas season, so I thought, well, let's have a podcast that talks about some of the things on our minds and on the minds of our listeners uh, during this time of year. You know, I'm just uh, kind of blown away by some statistics I see about uh, Christmas, and I'm blown away by some of these efforts I see for people to uh, push back during this time of year and not want to acknowledge that this is a time when Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, people only wanting to send out cards that say happy holidays or companies don't want anything on their premises except happy holidays as though uh, as though the reason for all this is not the birth of Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah. It's I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, it's just not, uh, you know, uh, in your businesses or, uh, but it's, I mean, it's just everywhere. They just don't, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that, uh, Jesus Christ was born on this day, not that we have it all together and we believe for a fact that it was that that day, but we do know one thing. This is a day that we celebrate it. That's right. It's just, there's, we can have a lot of discussion about, you know, and, and there are historians who think uh, that was earlier in the year that when Jesus was born because of the reasons uh, of their travel. But uh, it doesn't matter that this is the time of year when Christian, in fact, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, early in the Roman Empire in the first two or three centuries, they had a celebration uh, during this time of year where they exchanged gifts and had riotous parties and other things uh, to celebrate uh, their god, uh, Saturn. And as Roman became, uh, uh, the Roman Empire became Christianized, uh, the Christians took over and began to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. So, so there's a lot of history to this time of year and the kind of celebrations that take place. The reason I thought about this is, you know, to the extent that people push back and say, no, this is just a holiday season, it almost is an effort to return to a period of time where where uh, false gods are being uh, worshipped, that we just all have parties, exchange gifts, and there's no meaning to it. And so the meaning becomes a worship of false gods, just like in the early Roman Empire. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, a, a lot of commentary that I've read over the last week or so that uh, uh, states exactly the, uh, 
that's the same thing that it was that it's just a pagan holiday right yeah. and you know it's just it just it's just about all all about uh uh just giving just giving 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 you know i mean just look at all your um your stores today i mean their number their number one game is to uh sell products and whatever avenue that they possibly can use to do that you know they start they start at halloween and then they go from halloween to thanksgiving from thanksgiving to christmas and uh you know uh and even into the new year buying and selling and trading everything i know you know a few years ago uh i met a young man who was a new christian and he was about 25 years old and he told me that he had just become a christian told me where he was going to church and and so forth and and so i for some reason i asked him uh i said well where, where are you from he said new york city i grew up in new york city i lived there until just recently and um and i met a man and i've because of him i became a christian and then he told me this he said you know i spent my entire childhood up till my mid-20s in new york city and i never made the connection that the christmas holidays were connected to the birth of jesus and i was i, I was blown away i said Really? And he said, absolutely. He said, I, I know it was all around me. There were even nativity scenes, different places. He said, but I intellectually never made the connection that this was about the birth of Jesus. And only until some friends explained that to me in my mid-20s did I come to that realization. Well, that's been, and you know as well as I do, that's very sad. Today in the United States, that uh, people would deny the fact that uh, that that's the reason for the season. It's because he was born, right? It was because he paid the price that each yeah. one of us would have life, and it started in a manger. Oh yeah, right. You know, you referenced all of the uh, consumerism and all these efforts to get us to spend money. I was just reading on the Consumer Decisions website. That last year, Americans spent over seven hundred billion dollars on Christmas presents. Many people going into debt to buy Christmas presents, and for many of us, it seems like an obscene number. It seems almost obscene in terms of what some families do in terms of Christmas presents. It's it's really. Uh, uh, unbelievable what we do. And, and so, you know, it does raise this question for a lot of people, um, even among believers, you know, have we real have we lost the meaning of Christmas with all these consumerism? Well, you know, uh, I believe that uh, American society has lost a lot of it. Uh, Do the fact is, is, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of people going to church anymore. And by not going to church, uh, they're not um, uh, adapted to the fact that Jesus Christ was born on that day. And that right. that's, what the, that's what the plan is. That's what the purpose is. You know, I keep using the, 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 the term, he was born on that day. We don't know that for a fact. And I, we're not, <laughs> neither one of us are here to discuss that fact. 
But what we are here to discuss is the fact is that uh, uh, Christians believe that. Christian believes that uh, he was that he was born in a manger uh, for our sake. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, the scripture tells us that, you know, the most famous uh, uh, verse in all of scripture, the most famous quoted verse, the, the verse that we sometimes see on athletes painted on athletes faces or on their gear is the famous verse in John three sixteen where, uh, uh, the scripture tells us, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that's what Christmas is all about. And that's why we celebrate the birth of this one. Exactly. You know, and, uh, you know, there's so there's so many other uh, times of life that we celebrate and we give gifts gifts give gifts and that's i mean such as our birthdays you know uh right christians believe that too too the world believes that and you know uh there's a lot of lot of non-believers that will come to church on christmas because one of their uh their one of their grandchildren or one of their uh, uh nieces or nephews or somebody's in a christmas play so they show up whether they believe or don't believe, they still show up and they get the they get the total effect of the manger. You know, back uh, I don't know. It's been about ten years ago, or not quite ten years. No, it's not been quite ten years ago. It's probably been more like six years ago. I uh, I had a uh, a traveling nativity scene, and I'd load my trailers up and I'd load my animals up and. And I would just go from one destination to another and I'd throw up a 60 by 40 tent and uh, I'd put animals inside and inside that 60 by 40 tent, I would build walls around it. I put furnaces on the inside because everybody knows at that time of year in Indiana, it's kind of cold. So I'd put walls in it, put furnaces in it or heaters in it. And I'd have these, these live animals inside in stables and I would turn transform the inside of that tent into a live nativity scene and people would come from everywhere to see it. And, uh, they would get the total effects. And when I say they, I I've had, I've had people come from every religions all over the state of Indiana to come and see the live nativity scene, because when you would come in, that's what you you get the effect and the smell of a barn, right? You know, you're reminding me of that verse in the Second uh, Corinthians uh, eight, I think, verse nine, where he says, uh, "You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich for your sake, now he's thinking about the birth that he became poor, so that you by his Poverty might become rich. In other words, Jesus is saying there was no other way to come except as the poor of the poorest. That's right. Yeah. yeah and you know, it's uh, you know, and people people don't see the fact that uh, when you use the term "come as the poorest of the poorest," uh, we're really really talking about being in, for instance, the manger. 
They had no place for him in the end, you know, as scripture teaches us or Bible stories tell us that uh, they had no they had no place for him in a building because it was the year of the censuses and all that that type of thing. But uh, he got stuck in a barn. And that's where all the poor people were at. You know, that's where all the uh, that's where all those that couldn't afford any place to hang out. You know, uh, as you would say, with the rich folks, uh, they got stuck in a barn. <laughs> right. That's right. You know, and uh, I, I love when uh, the Apostle Paul exclaims over in Second Corinthians that he just says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Jesus. 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 And, you know, it's uh, uh, it's amazing. And, and, you know, we'd like to. We Christians know that gifting, giving presents started right there when God was giving himself to his creation. Exactly. Right. What a gift. Right. I mean, we can't we can't share it enough. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, and so uh, but at the same time, you know, People, people are concerned and worried about the meaning of Christmas disappearing with all this uh, consumerism, and uh, with even some of my fellow believers who who have taken to not exchanging gifts because they don't want to be a part of that. And I respect them for that, but uh, I'm not so sure that uh, giving of gifts is the problem. Yeah. No, I I would not say that it's not there. It's not. That's not the problem. The problem is, is uh, when they do do it, they 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 do it to excess, right? You know yes. that's why they had to. They they called themselves getting themselves under control. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of our wives get <laughs> get like that. <laughs> you know, they we got so many grandkids. You're gonna get in trouble like, now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they just like to buy and buy and buy. But you know, my wife, she's a Sunday school teacher. So uh, she's t- she's teaching them the fundamentals or the the practice of Christians uh, by uh, the exchange of gifts. You know, one of the great stories in the Bible, and it's only found in Matthew two. It's it's really one just embedded in Christian faith, and it's the story of the wise men and the Magi coming. You know, it's really the first great giving of gifts that we see in the scripture uh, laid at the feet of Jesus. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a very interesting story. And the more uh, you study it and the more you think about it and reflect on it, I mean, here are these, uh, we call them wise men, magi. And the historians say they tra- were traveling from over a thousand miles away and you know as we read this story in the scripture uh, some interesting things begin to jump out at us you know that these are not you know they just didn't decide to go to uh, Jerusalem <laughs> for a little visit uh, they said that they had been following a star and uh, most historians really think this is not some little small group that this is a big entourage from a major country, uh, the size of the Roman Empire. 
important people and that they probably had a huge entourage and even probably had some armed soldiers with them uh, traveling with cooks and and tenders of livestock. And and so when they got there, this big bad guy, Herod, (laughs) immediately gave them an audience. (laughs) Yes. Like, what are you guys doing here? (laughs) And they told them. We've been following this star and told them why they were coming in. And so interestingly, uh, it wasn't the star that led them to Bethlehem. It was Herod. You know, when you read the scripture, Herod tells these people, you probably want to go to Bethlehem (laughs) because we've heard uh, this new king of the Jews uh, is probably there. And so it was Herod, big bad Herod. And then. They set out to go to uh, Bethlehem, this little small village, Bethlehem, and the star appears again. The man, uh, many theologians think this star was actually an angel. It was not an astronomical phenomenon. It was an angel. Well, you know, uh, it it is uh, a thought of a, you know, I like to think of the mere minds of a human. To even think that there's a star out there bright enough, not that God ain't like that or good enough to do that, to make it bright enough because we see them every day right. in the sky. That star that could be bright enough on that day that would draw people there to a place yeah. that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would be laying. Right. And, you know, to me, that day was not on Christmas for me. That was in July, you know, because that was the day that I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Or November, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. November the 6th, you know, real close to that 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 year or that date. But, uh, you know, that was a day for me. Was I, right. I saw it that day. And I was so glad that he was, was in the manger that day. You know, so, so. Uh, that's, that's, that's wonderful, you know, and I think most of us who's had that kind of a salvation experience, uh, we, we relate to the birth of Jesus in a very special way because of that. And, um, it's just interesting. I I love this story about the, uh, wise men and there were probably more than three. And it's kind of interesting how legends have grown up where, you know, we, we talk about these, uh, uh, these wise men as though there were three. Well, there's nothing in the scriptures that says there was only three. <laughs> Apparently we get that idea because of the gifts they brought the uh, gold, frankincense, uh, frankincense and myrrh. And just somebody jumping to the conclusion that there were probably three, each one carrying a different uh, gift. And, and the legend has even developed some names for these three uh, people. If there were only three, Again, nothing like this, is, but I think all it does is point out how impressed Christians have been over this entourage. And then the scripture says when they, when they get to Bethlehem, they go to his house, which suggests he's not in a manger. He's an older child. They're now in a house. And so uh, because of what Herod did, after, remember what Herod did? Uh, he told these these wise men, okay, you come back and report back to me when you find this child. 
And an angel told them, don't do that. Go on back. Go on back to your country. And so they didn't do that. And Herod, out of rage and anger, went and murdered every child under two years old in Bethlehem. Now, fortunately, Bethlehem was a very small village. And, uh, and so it would not have been a huge number of children. But that's the second thing you see that suggests to us that when those wise men from the east arrived, this child was probably nearly two years old, the Son of God. And, and for us, though, at Christmas time, you see here again, we have the first big major gift giving to Jesus Christ. To Jesus Christ. He gave us a gift, and now well, we see you know, people beginning to give back. You know, that's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. It says, says, God is also the source of every good, good and perfect gift. Right. God yeah. is. Yeah. That's plenty. You know, I'm the one of them guys, if it's wrote down in, in Scripture, <laughs> it just will all be wrote in stone. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I believe I believe every bit of that. I mean, it's just it's yeah. there. Pastor George, I'm so pleased to have you again on this podcast. You bring a unique perspective to it, and I know that you and I both uh, wish all of our listeners Merry Christmas and say this Christmas, if you have not accepted the gift of Jesus Christ, the thing, the biggest gift you can give Him today is to make that decision that you will. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. Thank Amen. you and Merry Christmas, George. God bless you, sir. The same to you. Thank you. God bless. God bless.